0: this is kpop sunday brought to you by your kpop sundays before you have to go back to work on monday we are your hosts old r min and jr
1: hello and welcome to season 3 episode 10 also known as episode 54. we wanted to close out the deep dives for this season with another group that had a big milestone anniversary this year though international fans may not know them that well So, let's get into our final deep dive of the season with the SM duo called Isak and Jiyeon. Before we begin, we want to give a few disclaimers. This was one
2: of the more difficult episodes to research for. Timelines and schedules are a bit foggy because we couldn't gain access to fan cafes that had their schedules. Their official website is obsolete and there's not much info on the duo outside of the research that we did, but we have done our best to arrange our research in a way that makes sense. For our full information master list, please refer to the link in our description and you can look through. I think it's a 40-page document at this point, but that has like a good play-by-play. For our full information master list, please refer to the link in our description. Finally, on July 22nd of this year, Isak appeared on the podcast Korean Cowboys, which is hosted by former newest member Aaron and former BTL member Joel. We had been planning this episode for months. So when I saw this video, because I did the research on it, it was such a gift because Isak gave so much insight into the industry at the time, as well as insight into the duo. So I was like, this is a treasure trove of information. And I really enjoyed it. So you'll see us link it a lot in the script but I also highly recommend that you watch the entire episode because it's just a really fun little history lesson. (laughs) So now let's just jump into it. The early 2000s was an interesting time for SM Entertainment. H.O.T. and S.E.S., two of their biggest groups, had recently disbanded. Xinhua would soon leave the company entirely, and they were trying to promote new girl groups, Milk and Shinvi. On the other hand, solo artist Boa and male duo Fly to the Sky were starting to enjoy great success. So, SM felt it was high time to put another group into the mix, a female duo modeled after Fly to the Sky.
0: This duo was made up of Kim Isak and Lee Jion. Kim Isak was born Ida Dina Simmons on May 25th, 1985 in Frankfurt, Germany to an American soldier and a Korean woman. She went on to grow up in the Upland Rancho Cucamonga area of California. As a child, she enjoyed dancing and had been taking dance classes in the States for years. Another integral part of her childhood was that she and her mom lived with her maternal aunt who owned a VHS store that would carry Korean content. This was how she got into groups like H.O.T. and Shinhua. She said, quote, I didn't know Korean, but I grew up watching Korean songs and music videos. By chance, I saw a photo of idol group Shinhua published in a Korean newspaper, and when I asked my mother, she said it was an audition guide, unquote. Her mother took her to the audition where she assumed she would be picked up as a model. However, she ended up singing TLC's No Scrubs and Lee soo took a liking to her. According to Esok, Lee Suman pushed for her to learn Korean quickly, lose five pounds, and have another Korean song prepared for when he came back to California around August. She would then be accepted by SM Entertainment after, quote, its first talent search in the United States in 1999 when she was only 14 years old, unquote. Her training started around October of that year as SM's first biracial trainee. In a 2007 article, Isak stated, quote, I wanted to get to know my mom's culture instead of my dad's culture that I've grown up with. So I wanted to come to Korea. I came to Korea and I love Korea, unquote.
1: The other member, Yi yi was born on February 18th, 1984 in South Korea. It was pretty difficult to find out anything about her childhood, and trust us, we went through hundreds of articles. However, she did talk a little bit about her casting process on Wiki's powerful live night variety show, she asked her mom about auditioning, and her mother was against it at first. However, Yeon was able to do a phone audition before being told to come to an in-person audition. At this second audition, Yeon sang S.E.S.'s "Shalala" and Christina Aguilera's "Genie in a Bottle," as well as performed a short dance, so that they could have a better assessment of her skills and according to R's analysis, this video was likely taped after September 2000, though we could not find an exact time. Obviously, Gion was accepted and she began her trainee period. There's also a video link to go look at it.
2: In that same interview, Jiyeon tells Vicky that the two girls trained separately pre-debut. While there isn't much information on Jiyeon's time as a trainee, Isak has recently spoken about what her time as a trainee was like. She said that the trainee system was reminiscent of the army, though she acknowledges that her time was pretty different than others due to her being the only biracial trainee, as well as not being very well versed in the language. She eventually picked up Korean through reading manhwa's. Before coming together with Gion, Isak revealed that she was initially in talks to be in a duo with BoA. Ultimately, though, BoA obviously debuted as a solo artist, and SM decided to make Gion the second half of the female R&B duo that came to be known as Isak and Gian.
0: Near the end of August 2002, an article by Money Today revealed that SM would be debuting the duo with a release entitled Tell Me Baby. According to SM, quote, Isak and Jeon will appeal to a wide range of people, not only in their teens, but also in their 20s, with an urban and sophisticated atmosphere that breaks away from the youthful and cute image of the existing girl groups, unquote. The article stated that the girls had great vocals and great looks to match. Their album would be rooted in R&B. However, they would also have some more upbeat tracks. While the album came out on August 23, 2002, ESOC, as well as their fan club N, consider their debut date to be September 1st. This is likely because their first music show performance on Inkigayo took place at the later date. Side note, their official color is Pearl Wine. Now, let's look at the album itself. Tell Me Baby is a full-length R&B album with 12 tracks. The title track is of the same name as the album, and the duo would go on to perform two other songs during their promotional period. Lee Simon is credited as the album's producer.
1: Let's jump over to the individual tracks of the album. Tell Me Baby was the title track and their first promotional song. This song has a bit of a Latin vibe, starting off with slow finger-picked guitar before heading into an R&B sound this song is truly the breakup song of the century it starts off with a woman saying that the other night she got a call from her boyfriend's other girlfriend the song continues to talk about how she's never doubted him but now she wants him to tell her everything she doesn't want to play games she just wants the truth the way the music video is set up, it gives the illusion that both Isak and Yeon feel cheated. This was not mutual on either side, they are both discovering that they are the other woman. There are individual shots of the girls in separate rooms, sometimes they are on either side of the dividing wall. There are also solo shots of them in various outfits with no dancing, however in their live performances they did have minimal choreography. We assume that their follow up track was The Sign, as we have cross reference their live performances with the other promotion dates. This melancholy ballad reminisces about a love that has since become painful, though they remember it fondly. It is called The Sign because the first line, said in English, which says, quote, The sign that only you and I know, unquote. It seems like this unspoken sign is something that they will hold on to, even though the relationship has ended. The music video splices shots of the girls doing photo shoots, as well as them performing this particular song at a venue, along with other random footage of them. Very much a B-side music video. Uh,
2: In fact, I thought it was a fan-made thing (laughs) before... I realized that it was the official music video for it. So I had kind of disregarded it. I wasn't even going to mention it. And then I actually clicked on it and I was like, ah, it's just kind of a poorly made music video.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's, it's a B-side music video.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Their final promotional track was a song entitled One. Understandably, this seems to be their most popular track. This is a bubbly, upbeat song about being in love and asking the person they love to hug them, kiss them, and whisper sweet things to them. Isak raps, which is a really fun way to break up the track, and it is just a complete departure from the other two songs they promoted. The music video starts with the two of them in a cloud-painted room with bubbles flying everywhere. They are dressed in super cute plaid outfits. The scenes go back and forth between Jiyeon's room, where she sits alone among pictures and furniture, and Isak's room, where she also sits alone in a similarly furnished room to Jiyeon's. So we saw a blog post from years ago questioning why SM had them debut with such a dark heavy song like Tell Me Baby when the girls were so young and fresh faced. Obviously that was SM's intention, but this person went so far to say that they likely would have been a more popular group had they debuted with one as the title track. In fact, one of the Korean music streaming sites that Old R and I were looking at, it had one as the title track, which is not true, but we thought that was really interesting that that mistake had been made. (laughs) The other nine songs on the album vary in both subject matter and genre, jumping from heartbreaking ballads to happy love songs to the final worship track. From what we've seen, both members identified as Protestant Christians at the time, so I guess that's kind of the reason for that direction. I've never seen a gospel song on a K-pop album, but this was 2002. (laughs) For the most part, the album had positive reviews from both the industry and consumers. Even now, you can go on Yes Asia, a K-pop distribution site, I guess. I don't know what to call them. And while you can't purchase the album, which is very frustrating, they keep the listings up, which I do like that you can go back and look at past listings and see the customer reviews, like on this one. And for Tell Me Baby, they're mostly in the five-star range. So it was pretty well liked, it seems.
0: For their promotions, the girls often took part in events alongside other SM celebrities. An example of this was the Love Life Concert, which took place on October 5th, 2002. Also during this time, they would perform on the usual music show circuit for the first few months performing Tell Me Baby before, as we are assuming, starting to perform Sign. Fast forward a few months and we come to December of 2002. On the first of the month, SM's all-company Christmas album, 2002 Winter Vacation in smtown.com was released. Isak and Jian took part in this album for the full company track My Angel, My Light, and then they also did Snow in My Mind alongside Milk, Shoe, and Boa, and then they also did Silver Bell with Konkta and Shin Hye if you want to check it out, we have the album's promotional video linked in the script. It's the title track playing over footage of all the artists that participate in the album. My Angel My Light only gives the duo a few lines, so we won't go into that song too much. The music video, however, is quite cute and shows Isak and Gian interacting with other SM celebs, as well as playing the role of hairdressers. The second track they participated in, Snow In My Mind, is an upbeat pop song about being melted by another person's love even though it's cold outside. Finally, Silver Bell is a remake of the carol Silver Bells. This version takes it to an almost cinematic place with an orchestral track on top of slow but poppy sounds. Live performances of the title track would take place on music shows, and while the duo wasn't at the forefront of these stages, it was still fun to pick them out of the group. With that, 2002 came to an end, and 2003 started quietly.
1: At the end of January, it was announced that Isak and Jian had taken part in Mnet's show, What's Up Yo!, a show where stars come together and give financial help and donations to give aid to children in need, specifically those in orphanages. Isak and Gian participated by giving a box of school supplies. While doing other schedules, the duo also took part in music shows. In the aforementioned podcast episode, Isak described how the music circuit worked back in the day. As opposed to daily music shows like there are now, they had three on the weekends, and even though they were in SM, it was very difficult to get stage time. She mentions that they were able to get some better results on Inkigayo because Kangda was the MC during that time. It seems that around March, the duo started to promote their song One. This track's stages often show the girls in cute plaid and or leather outfits doing some simple choreography with a handful of back dancers, And this leads us to believe that SM's Smile Concert must have been around this time because the girls are styled very similarly in the videos that we have linked for it. This would also make sense because My Angel, My Light and Snow on My Mind are two songs that we know the girls performed at this concert.
2: Then on March 6th, 2003, Isak and Gian made an appearance on Diva member Vicky's powerful live night variety show. They discussed their promotions, their auditions, their school lives, and had a cute corner where they act out the conversations they had with their parents about auditioning as well as reading out fan mail. Unfortunately, since I watched this episode, the video has been taken down due to copyright. If it'll ever pop up again, who knows. So, according to Isak, the duo finished their promotions after 10 months. This would land around June of 2003. However, near the end of that same month, SM Town's Summer Vacation 2003 album was released. Jian participated in the title track, Hello, Summer. However, Isak is nowhere to be found in this video or in the track itself. We were unable to find an explanation for this. Isak and Jion, as a duo did have one song on the album entitled Prey. Prey is a bombastic orchestral pop track about becoming an adult and wanting to keep themselves grounded even though life is tough. As far as we can find, there are no live performances of this song. A couple of months later, in August, it was announced that alongside other big names like Energy and Drunken Tiger, Isak and Jian would perform on the stage of the Hayande Beach Festival. An interesting thing to note, this festival is actually still around and more current idols have performed at it.
0: Then, on December 9, 2003, SM's 2003 Winter Vacation in smtown.com was released. Again, Gion was the only participant from the duo. Snowflake, the full company track, is an upbeat love song about being with someone who you feel comfortable with. Gion opens the music video and is shown having fun around other SM celebs from that time. I Dream of You was a solo song that Gion contributed to the album. It is a slow sad song about a love that left even after saying they would stay forever. She sings painfully of dreaming of her ex significant other. And it was from this that 2003 also ended quietly. As far as we could find, up until SM Town's Summer Vacation 2004 release, Isak and Gion did not have many schedules. Then, on June 29, 2004, the Entertainment Agency's annual summer collaboration was released. Hotmail is a bubbly track about being in love and also sending emails. This time around, Isak is present in the video alongside Jeon. The duo also had an individual track entitled The Story I Want to Tell. It is an upbeat track about being in love with someone and wanting to get closer to them and eventually start dating them. From our research, this might actually be the duo's most well-known song as we found a couple of idol covers of it. Seemingly, none of their other tracks have been covered. The final song they participated in was just One with Konkta and Mooney June. It is a bright, more analog sounding love song using a lot of metaphors in the lyrics. As Isak is a big H.O.T. fan, this was a huge moment for her and likely Gion as she was a white angel as well. They also apparently <laughs> recorded this song in Konkta's home studio, which was pretty common. It still is actually for him to use that. But unfortunately, this would be the duo's final release.
1: Since there was never an official disbandment statement released by SM, the group does not have a proper end date. But in 2003, after Tell Me Baby promotions were up, Isaac and Jiyeon were essentially told to rest up and wait. During their guest spot on Korean Cowboys, Isaac explained that she couldn't use the trainee rooms because she was an artist, and upcoming trainees were using them, and she also couldn't easily get into college, and there wasn't really anybody to help her to do so either. And because of this, she started partying a lot. Her mother visited her, saw her lifestyle, and disapproved of it, telling Isak that she would be going to college in the States come fall. And according to fan cafe posts, it seems like fans finally became aware of Isak being in America around August of 2004. However, in the midst of the preparations for that, Isak noticed that Yeon had started getting up much earlier and leaving for the day. And after this went on for a while, the two decided to have a talk and figure out what was happening to the duo. According to Isak, it seemed to them that they were being fed two different stories. One being that Isak was leaving Yeon to go to the States, and Yeon was not giving any reasoning for Isak leaving. And two, that Yeon was going to debut in Chun Sang Ji Hee, later known as the Grace, because she no longer wanted to work with Isak. And the two of them were able to clear the air and decided to take the path that was set before them. Even past the group's quiet disbandment, fans were still posting in their fan cafe quite regularly, hyping up the girls as well as hoping for a second album.
2: And that, kids, is why you actually have an official disbandment statement. Yeah. <laughs> So, as we just mentioned, SM had decided to take Jiyeon and put her in their upcoming TVXQ female counterpart group. On December 12, 2004, it was announced that a group called Chansang Jihi, or CSGJH, it's not as easy to say as TVXQ. Would debut and that they would be a dance a cappella group targeting Asia. We will not be going into great detail about Chansang Ji Hee's career, nor about the other members, because we have a plan to release content on them in the next season, and it would just make this episode so incredibly long. So we will only be looking at Jian in this episode. Interestingly, When news of this broke, fans did not seem betrayed or upset that Jiyeon would be debuting in this new group. They were just happy that she would be promoting again.
0: Because you feel like beggars can't be choosers. Yeah. (laughs) Especially with SM. It's like they're promoting it, I can't complain.
2: So eventually Isak did do two semesters in a US college. At the same time though, she tried to get out of her ten-year contract with SM. It almost went through, but Isuman caught wind of it and he stopped it from breaking at the very last second. Due to this, Isak had to move back to Korea and she started taking acting lessons. Then, on April 29, 2005, after much hype and fury, Jion started promotions again, and SM’s new girl group, Chansang Jihi, debuting with the song Too Good. It is important to note that at this point, SM had rebranded Jion as Lena, a name that she has kept working under to this day. We typically do not like to switch between names in our episodes, however, Lena has been known as Lena for over 15 years, so we will call her that from here on out. Because it would be a disservice for you guys to know her as Jian. <laughs> in many of these first articles about the girl group, either Lina, remember Jian, herself or the author acknowledge her time in Isak and Jian. Though going forward, the duo would pretty much be forgotten by journalists. In recent years, it's quite common for them to say that she had only ever debuted in Chansang Jihi. Though 2005 was a busy year for Lena, Isak would go on to have her only schedule of the year, singing Angelus, which was the opening song for the anime Inuyasha's sixth season. This is also Isak's only solo release to date.
0: In February of 2006, Isak became the MC for the YTN music program entitled Tower Stage. Around mid-2006, Lena, formerly known as Gion, participated in two solo activities, both of which were music video features. The first being Konkta and Vanessa's track, Scandal, and then a few months later in Trax's Chowu. The first one is more of a club scene, while the second one has more acting involved. Also during this time, SM summer album was released. This would be the first time Isak and Jian would participate in an SM release apart from each other. Lena or Jian, would be with The Grace, and Isak would join the ranks of other individual celebrity scenes. The song's title is Red Sun, and the remastered version is Hideous, <laughs> which if you don't know the whole... Th- deal with SM remasters. Basically, it's them taking the easy way out instead of actually doing the work. So that's why you're going to see a lot of weird stuff with them.
2: That could be a whole episode in and of itself.
0: Anyway. In October, Isak started working at Arirang Radio as a DJ with the show Midday Break, and then a couple months later, started appearing on NBC's show Gag, where she showed off her comedic skills to the delight of the audience. Then, on December 12, 2006, 06 Winter SM Town was released. The title track for this year was Snowdream. Much like the summer release, Lena appeared with The Grace, and Isak was with other celebs. Because that tends to be a thing with SM where if you have people who are disbanded, they're kept apart with the SM Town releases. Like, if you look at Hotmail, Konkta looks like he's on a green screen, never appears with everyone else. (laughs) Heejun is, like, at the end of the line, like, a foot away from everyone. It's hilarious. I did not realize until reading through this how many parallels there are with H.O.T., and it makes (laughs) me sad. (laughs) It's like, no, they fell into the same trap their idols did. (laughs) They even had the scheming to be pushed apart. (laughs) It's so sad.
1: 2007 arrived, and in February it was announced that Isak had been selected as a VJ for Aredang's show Pops in Seoul. Isak said, quote, I've been a radio DJ and I've met people around the world with my voice, and now I'm happy to be able to meet face to face through TV, unquote. Then, on February 13th, an interview Isak did with the Korea Herald came out. It gave background on her and what she was currently doing. An interesting note is the mention of Isak and Ji-yeon. The article stated, quote, The only problem with the duo formed in 2002 by SM Entertainment was timing. Kim had to go back to her home in Southern California because of her family situation. Kim says that the partnership is not done yet. Nobody knows when the new album will come out, but we do talk about it a lot, unquote does seem to be different from what Isak said in the summer of 2022, however, we don't know what agency restraint she was under when she gave this interview in 2007, because times has changed. One big milestone for Lena came in May of 2007, when The Grace enjoyed success with their first ever music show Win with their song Once More Okay. Besides this, Lena only had one individual schedule, which was going to a cosmetic brand launch. Then, Oh Seven Summer SM Town was released on July 5th, 2007. Isaac, at the very least, participated in the photo shoot and video for it, while Lena and the Grace did the same, as well as singing on the title song. And finally. On the 1st of November, a Seoul Yonha news article was released discussing the new K-drama Unstoppable Marriage. Isak would be taking part in the show as Ida, a foreign exchange student. FT Island's IJ jin and Girls' Generation Soyoung and Yuri also had roles in this show.
2: Something to take note of was that Girls' Generation debuted in 2007 and that they were seen as something of a saving grace for SM in terms of girl groups. <laughs> Isak and Jian, as well as Jian's subsequent group, Chansang Jihi, were considered to be failures, despite SM being known for making stars. A Newsus article stated, Isak and Jian was an obvious failure. Afterwards, they rearranged their ranks and ambitiously released Chansang Jihi, which seems a little bit Pointed in their wording there. The end of 2007 arrived and SM released 07 Winter SM Town. Like the other SM Town releases, the duo was apart. This winter's track was Only Love. Notably, this is the final full company SM Town release that exists as of right now. In 2008, Isak would take on stage acting to great success and praise from both the public and critics. Also during that year, Isak would go on to host an event in the Philippines. She had acquired quite a large international fan base working with Arirang over the past two years. In an interview a few years later, she would reflect on the fact that while she was fairly unknown in Korea, in some foreign countries, the whole place would shut down because of her arrival which i think is absolutely wild for this aforementioned event in the philippines she brought in 1500 fans and sang various songs it was an anniversary event for pops and soul's 1000th episode a video version of the event would be aired through arirang's channel on the 31st of july lena did not have any individual schedules this year that we could have found
0: all things considered, 2009 was a fairly quiet year for both Isak and Lena. Isak continued working with Adirang, and for much of the year, the Grace was on hiatus due to one of the members being injured. One thing of note was that Lena launched an online shopping mall called L Style, or maybe Bear Style, as we've seen both names used. Fans were excited about this development. Quote, Sang Mirina appeared as her own fitting model and showed her various styles and her current status. Wearing the 2009 fall slash winter collection outfits, she still showed off her stylish sense. Unquote. According to Lena's NamuWiki, wiki, the shopping mall closed sometime in 2011, That we have no other source than that. Eventually, the Grace's hiatus stretched into a disbandment. The group would put out one unit, however, Lena did not participate because she had decided to pursue acting, particularly theater and musicals.
1: From here on out, we won't be taking it year by year as the two women came into themselves and continued on to their respective places, so time hops ensuing. In early 2011, Isak was cast in her second and last stage show, this one entitled Spring Awakening. Also in 2011, Isak was a featured artist on her first track in six years. Yazan released a song entitled In Music, which Isak lent her voice to. And in the same year, Lena began her stage acting career by taking on roles in March of Youth and *Temptation of Wolves. Later, in April of 2012, it was announced that Lina would take on her first K-drama role, the King's second wife in the show King Tejan Muyal. Overall, the drama got great reviews and Lina was praised for her intense acting. The last time Lina and Isaac would participate in an SM event also came in 2012. That being on August 3rd, when it was announced that SM would be holding something called a Smart Exhibition. All of SM's artists participated in the poster for it, and it was an experimental exhibition that combined cutting-edge digital technology with SM's premium content. It was also an interactive entertainment exhibition that unveiled content collaborated by SM and global companies. As written by SM. Because, you know... They like to make things simple in SM. Near the end of 2012, Isak revealed that her contract with SM finally was up and that she had decided to leave the company. As far as we know, she has not signed with another company since.
2: So what are they doing now? Beginning with Lena, since her acting debut in 2011, she has participated in 17 shows. A couple of these are her second runs. For instance, Lena will participate in her second set of Sweeney Todd performances starting in December of 2022. Over the years, she has built up her career to the point where she is fully cemented in the theater industry and always receives positive reviews for her work. In a 2019 interview, Lena stated, quote, I still have a long way to go as a musical actor. Actually, since I started as a singer, singing is what I can do well. I'm grateful that I have this opportunity. What I like to do, I perform, earn money, and receive applause through it. I'm grateful to be able to live like this. It's a very happy job, and I feel that I am a very happy person. One final thing to note is that Lena got married to fellow musical actor turned K-drama extraordinaire Jong Sung-jo on November 22, 2014. Something very cute about them is that they met during Lena's second musical and dated for 3 years before it was leaked and they decided to deny their relationship. However, a few months after the dating rumors and their denial, the two announced that they would be getting married in November of that year. Even though Isak and Gian had split in 2004, 10 years later, Isak attended Lena's wedding. The couple's dating and wedding announcements gave way to many articles dissecting Lena's career, meaning that Isak and Gian would be mentioned occasionally. Given Lena's husband's success in television over the past few years, she often comes up in the news in conjunction with him. In fact, she even cameoed in his 2020 K-drama, Chocolate, which garnered positive reviews. In 2018, Lena gave birth to her first child, a son, And then just this past December in 2021, she gave birth to a daughter. She used to keep fans updated with her Instagram posts, although in this past year she has not. Probably because she has a baby. But yeah, that is what Lena has been doing.
0: As we have already mentioned, Isak started working with Arang in 2006 and has continued to work with them in different capacities to this day. She has hosted multiple shows including Midday Break, Pops and Soul, and k popin which is her most recent one. Because of this job, she has interviewed tons of idols. Seven years after hosting Pops and Soul's 1,000th episode, she would host their 3,000th episode on September 30th, 2015. A year later, she would host Arirang Radio's 13th anniversary, which was a K-pop concert in Jeju. Isak's most recent contribution to the music industry was her participation in the lyric writing of Ilwo Dong's title song, The Eye of the Heart, which released on December 2nd, 2001. It is a fun song, and we highly recommend it. Isak is also very active on her Instagram accounts, posting memes, selfies with idols who come on her show, sharing her hobbies, and almost every year, she celebrates Isak and Jian's debut with a photo of the duo or a selfie. It's all very wholesome. And if anything comes out of its episode, it's that JR has now become an Isak stan. Which, great. Glad you can join the ranks. (laughs) She's so
2: cute. I love her.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It's so sad because I had a poster of her on my wall for like, what, 10 years? And I did not know her very much. (laughs) The regrets, I feel, you don't even know.
2: Yeah. I feel like we should mention we had talked about Isak in one of our first episodes about foreign idols. And we wrongly attributed her as the first, I think as the first foreign idol? Is that, I think, or a
0: white idol? Which is not true in either case, because there's a member of that one group. It was a duo, and the dude was white. Right.
2: Yeah. So we did get that wrong. We probably should put a note on that episode that we got that wrong. But yeah, so we've known about Isak for years.
1: Before we wrap up, we want to mention a note about leadership. We feel like it is worth mentioning that between Isak being signed on as a trainee and the duo debuting, Kim Kyung woo served as the CEO of SM. Given what Isak has said about Isoman, it's easy to assume that the duo's career may have gone differently had he been the one overseeing it. While it is true that Isak and Dion is not the most well-known group, their fans still post about them 20 years after their debut. If you've been paying attention, SM has undertaken a remastering project, and fans of the duo have made posts hoping for Tell Me Baby and their other songs to be the next ones on the roster. Besides that, you can find posts about the duo across all different platforms dating back to the early 2000s, most of the time praising their music, reminiscing about them and spreading it to the uninitiated. Finally, Isak has said that she's open to releasing another album if Lena wants to do it, so the ball is in Lena's court right now.
2: I'm hoping for it. Yee. Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening! If you enjoyed the episode, then please make sure to rate, subscribe, follow, and tell your friends about us. If you want to interact with us, or just see more of our content, then you can follow us on Twitter, at kpopsunbays, or on our other social media platforms, which will be in the description. Also, don't forget that our next episode comes out on December 11th. Thanks everyone! Bye!
0: Bye! Annyeong!